on your own, you still have to maintain a household. And whether you're one or two people, it doesn't make too much of a difference. You always have the same basic costs. That's uh, the reality. But the good news is you're on your own and can start a new chapter in your life. You're listening to the Women's Wealth Canada podcast with Glory Gray. Be sure to download and subscribe using your favorite podcast app and like us on Facebook. Hi, everyone. I'm Glory Gray, and welcome to the Women's Wealth Canada podcast. Those of you who know me know I don't hide the fact that I'm in a happy marriage with Squatch. But I was married before I was married young, and after seven years, it ended in divorce. And the reasons I wanted a divorce, I won't bore you with, but I will say that I knew I was going to be financially devastated when I left. I had just started out on my career path after university. I still had student loan debt. I remember going to a law office and being told the thousands of dollars it was going to cost up front just to hire a lawyer and breaking down and crying because I didn't know what to do. Thankfully, I still had a good job and they were willing to relocate me across the country where I was able to live with my mother and sister. Those days we women spent together were happy days. We had a year of good fun together before I was able to go back out on my own. And for me, divorce was the right decision. According to Psychology Today, women initiate divorce more often than men. And divorced women are typically happier after ending their marriages. But are we ready for the financial reality of separation? Truth be told, a woman can expect an almost 30% decline in her standard of living following a divorce, while men often see an increase of 10%. That's why it's crucial to work with a wealth advisor as you make these decisions, as the decisions you make today will have a profound impact on your financial future. To help you avoid some mistakes regarding divorce, I'm happy to introduce you to my guest today, Bettina Plendel. Bettina is a certified financial planner, a mediator, and a chartered financial divorce specialist. Her professional practice is solely focused on financial divorce planning. She is fluent in both English and German and serves clients across British Columbia. So come listen in as Bettina and I talk about How to Avoid the Financial Mistakes of Divorce. So how does divorce financially affect women? I would say in the most uh, part, women are very, very concerned during the process because naturally the women, uh, the caregivers, the planners, often the organizers of the family So they see a lot of question marks in the future, right? So how will I retire? How will this all pan out? Where do I going to live? And there's all those naturally in our nature, I think, concerns which has come to us. And it doesn't matter if I tell uh, the female, well, you know, your family net worth is four million, so you will have two million after this process. Well, will it be enough? It's still that that deep inside 
concern and I think it affects women more than men. Men are for some reason not as concerned, I find often, but women are. The first step would be really to talk to a good financial advisor like yourself, Glory, and figure out what you can do with the asset base and potentially liabilities you you will end up with after the divorce. And my process is really about tailoring the assets which are now to be split, most likely 50-50, in a way so it benefits both parties for their new future, if that is an option at all. So that is the desired outcome, right? So I go extreme now. I say she wants to open, a, I don't know, a store and he would like to stay in his job and retire, then she needs potentially cash and he doesn't need the cash because he already has a cash flow from his employment. So he could potentially take over the assets which are registered or tech sheltered because um, I, I assume your clients know about the tech sheltered items where taxes are due if you withdraw them. So and she probably requires again a lot of cash. Uh, funds for her new uh, adventure, having a boutique or whatever her plan is, or travel the world, let's say, whatever it is, right? So this is to give two extreme examples how you can divide uh, the assets. And often what um, women are affected by too is if there's a home that needs to be sold or if they really want to take it over and they need to realize what comes along with owning a home. That's quite a major adventure too, um, looking after a whole house, maintenance and the costs of it. So those are the two major things that come to mind if I think how does it affect women financially. This is on the forefront of every woman. Beyond that, I will have to say both partners are deemed to have 50-50. And it turns out sometimes one partner isn't that great with the money and they spend it all. And um, I have seen that on both sides. So um, just spending it all, having no planning whatsoever in place. And that is rather disappointing, um, thinking that there's a lot of great financial planners out there someone like you, right, who who can really give great advice without being tied down by an institution, you could help that person with a financial plan and so so it won't get lost in, you know, the heat of having a big party and going to Vegas and maybe some holiday and it's easy to burn through a hundred grand, which then turns out to be not so smart because you're out of it and now what? There's still bills to be paid. You're on your own. Um, you still have to maintain a household. And whether you're one or two people, it doesn't make too much of a difference. You always have the same basic costs. So your life, your budget, if you do some budgeting, you will be yeah, surprised how little less it is compared to a budget for two people. That's uh, the reality. But the good news is you're on your own and can start a new chapter in your life. And that is what you have to sometimes remind yourself, I think, if, um, if life feels very expensive being on your own. 
it is less expensive to be a couple than a single person. When you're working with clients, you're looking at their financial statements to determine how best to split up the assets. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Normally, my clients, they are a little bit advanced uh, in life. Um, they're midlife, let's say, <laughs> in their late 40s to somewhere in their mid-60s. That's so the age range after 20 plus year marriage to, to separate. Often the kids are maybe still in high school or university and now or they are already empty nesters. That's, I think, a, a common sit- situation for many couples where they find themselves, oh, uh, I don't actually know you anymore. And instead of exploring each other uh, and starting, you know, taking, seeing the new opportunities, they look outside and see the better opportunities uh, outside the relationship. Um, most couples, because they are, um, again, 20 plus years married, they have multiple layers of finances. Sometimes it's employment um, with where there's a pension plan attached. Then there's RRSPs, which are tax sheltered. They have a family home, potentially a rental property. We are in BC. Many of our uh, workforce are self-employed. So there's corporations or sole proprietorships involved. So those are all all kinds of different assets. And my job would be to to bring it on one line, look at all the implication, what's there. So to learn what is the family's net worth that will be split. So we really look at the short term, the midterm and the long term plan of each partner to make sure um, if possible and if existing, they have the asset that serves them best or we find a sensitive solution. As it's not only everything gets cut in half. That is what the law says about the net worth, but it doesn't say everybody gets 50-50 of everything. That really, I think, is a financial decision and not necessarily a legal decision. That is what this is really about, to have, again, the least impact financially because you take a hit regardless. And when do people usually find you? When in the when in the divorce process do they usually yeah, bring you in? There's there's those who plan this out ahead of time. Those are um, like, oh, I plan to get divorced in one year. How do I best get the assets in my own name or things like that? A, it doesn't really help. And B, I don't ethically <laughs> agree to that. Most couple inquire if the se- the separation has taken place potentially just a few weeks ago <laughs> or um, many years. Um, sometimes I see couples who are separated since 15 years, but most often it's about one or two or three years and they kind of manage through it and they have agreements in place, but one has moved on, potentially has a new partner, is just sick and tired of everything and wants that piece of paper which is called the separation agreement and you need that whether you are common law means never legally married or legally married if you're legally married and you want to file for divorce that's the the court action so you need that piece of paper the separation agreement and then you can file for divorce what people need to understand if you entered a relationship with a common law married, you have, in the eyes of the law, a contract in place. 
and the separation agreement determines the terms, basically your terms, how to dissolve that original contract. And it has two parts, the financial and the parenting, and I'm the expert for the financials. And that covers basically the equalization amount, the pot of money I was talking about, the asset base, which we need to split. So it serves the parties best. And potentially then the second step would be support payments if that's on the table for whatever reason, children or other things. There's, that's a whole other different topic. Um, if you are not having that in place, what if there's an accident? What if that person, um, I don't know, ends up in a care home? Those are the things you need to consider if you don't have that separation agreement. And I can support you and the couple, I mean, to have that separation agreement. So most couples are really separated for a long time. Sometimes they started with lawyers and it didn't work out or it got too expensive. There's all kinds of reason. Best scenario is a couple has separated. Now they're ready to move on whenever that is. And both parties should be because if one doesn't want to have or isn't realizing there's this is happening, then you're wasting a lot of time and money. Um, it's better to get some counseling in first and then once that other party is ready to let go, come and see the specialists, your professionals, put a team together, can be a child specialist if there's kids involved, certainly a lawyer if you have a lot of legal questions. Um, I mentioned a counselor or a divorce coach who helps with the, digesting the mental, mentally the changes that's going to happen. And then, of course, the financials, which I can provide. It's different, the work I do from a financial advisor and what a financial advisor would know about that, because for divorce, there's a few different rules and things that need to be um, considered especially if we talk CRA. There's a few things to know about that. That's why there are designations to do this kind of divorce work. What are some of the common mistakes you see people make during the whole divorce process you've described? I hope most people avoid court and they seek an outside of court uh, agreement because court is people don't realize they don't actually need the court or judge telling them what to do. So one mistake is really to um, pick up the phone and call a lawyer, I think. It's best really to look at some websites, learn a little bit about your situation, and maybe inquire with professionals who offer like free 15-minute calls or so to, to get a grip on what's going on, actually. And then... Another mistake is, again, uh, because being rushed, they don't look at assets close enough and they say, oh, yeah, that's fine and we are amicable. And of course, you can keep this or that, not knowing about the actual value. The mistake is to involve way too much family and friends because each single situation is different. Ask someone who understands and can listen to your specifics to get specific advice or information. And the other major mistake I see, they spend thousands of dollars on lawyers, but don't look after themselves because there's no more money. I think it's critical that people um, 
get solid advice and potentially have some counseling because it is a stressful situation. You need maybe some coping mechanics in place for yourself if you're having a bad day instead of buying a bottle of wine and and um, drinking it away or whatever your your happy place might be if you're in a get bad mood it might not serve you well so that is where i say maybe instead of spending so much money on all of this look after yourself first get a good financial plan in place uh, for the time after, have some counseling so you know how to, you know, how you can trust yourself that you make it through this as it's a challenge. And especially if there's kids involved, I think make it a package for the family as it is important. It's a f- family thing. It's a shame if a family can't support each other, right? Regardless whether mom and dad are now living in the same house or not, it shouldn't matter in my opinion. And that's something that people don't talk a lot about is what you've pointed out so well is um, dealing with the emotional, the emotions that are going to come up because they also affect our decisions and the decisions are going to affect us for many years to come. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, Glory. That that brings it to the point, right? If you ace information and be having the capacity in your head to deal and make be able to make really good decisions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because they will impact you. I mean, on the other side, fair enough, a plan is always a draft, right? We don't know what tomorrow holds or what the next five years going to happen, but we can only do the best as of today and now. And I think every person deserves that. So it's, it's just good to plan ahead and um, look after yourself. And then by helping, dealing with those emotions, you won't make decisions that you might later regret. Now, you work with a law office in British Columbia who's created something called the the One Day Divorce. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's actually Nick Greer and, and myself. We He came up, he had that idea. He Nick is um, he's from Australia. I think I can share that. So in Australia, um, divorce is a little bit different. They have a much higher percentage of collaborative uh, professionals and professionals who work collaboratively with the family. That means staying absolutely out of court being super transparent and um, not necessarily amicable, but um, committed to find a solution and not having that going on forever. So I meet with the clients, we prepare all the financials. If there's a complex child situation, they would meet with the child specialist to really have the professionals assisting the family with um the best of their knowledge from a professional point of view so the couple now can come you know informed to the one day mediation and hammer out the terms of their agreement and it's very successful we really helped hundreds of couples as it's fairly inexpensive compared to the other but sometimes people are not ready and that's where i say well you might have spent a lot of time on this there were a lot of hopes up and then your partner wasn't ready for it. So again, make sure you're ready for this step. And so it's called the one day divorce, but in fact, there's a lot of work done in advance of the, the meeting. Is that correct? Yeah. I often work with the couples depending. Yes. The financial work can be massive. 
Nick has to do his legal thing and sometimes we have two kids involved, 8 and 12 years old, for example, and they need a full parenting plan, which, again, someone else would prepare, but it's it's a lot. So that separation agreement is a few pages long and it, you can't spell it out in, in a few hours. But the actual... Um, discussion how to go about things will take place and we have a red dotted line and the idea is that they sign the agreement let's say the next day once they had a night to think about it but yeah we need to prepare for it they walk out of there with a separation agreement and then that goes through the courts after that or how does that work what happens next yeah they can well it, it's yeah basically that's what it is but certainly um, we would never ever pressure anybody um, to sign that day. Absolutely not. They can take it home, show it to their lawyers, because if, you know, some people want to make sure it's all correct and in their best interest, or what the lawyer sees that there's no legal flaws in it, because every person is human and. Um, it's interesting that in the family law and especially with CRA, the wording is critical. So it is, um, it is critical that you have, if you have a complex situation, you have the correct legal wording in it. So, and it's always good to have a second uh, set of eyes on things and maybe sleep a night or more over it before again, you sign it because that is it. From there on, you can move on. Still a lot of work to do, uh, the aftermath of all of that, but the key is done. Again, the, the couple is willing to, to say they know what this is about. We are not hiding anything. Again, you're, you're taking that, uh, taking away some of the emotional stress um, and the time involved just by going through this process that's a much more gentler process, it seems to me. Oh, yes. Are there, is there anything else that you think people should know about going through this? Yes, definitely. What I, what I would like to encourage people to educate themselves about the process options they have going through a separation and divorce. While you learn about the option, interview the professional. We professionals, we are here to help you. And it is our job to be professional and assist you the best we can. Learn more about the professional you're about to hire. If you want a collaborative process, don't pick lawyers, for example, who love to go to court because sometimes that's the strength of the lawyer and they're really, really good at it. But if you say, no, I don't want to take go to court, I want to have a, a much smoother process, he might not be the perfect team member. As for lawyers, you can go with a legal coach. You might not need a full legal services. There's a lot of lawyers nowadays who offer, you know, legal advice like similar to pay as you go. So you might not have those big expense. You might be able to do a few things yourself. Like I always encourage my clients, do a few things yourself. You can prepare this for me. I don't have to do this because I charge you my hourly rate for that. So those are the things where you can A, maybe save some money and learn as you go because it's quite a learning curve. It is, I think, interesting to learn more about your situation and what the options are you have available. Uh, see if, if your professional is a good team member 
so that we deserve to be on your team and then maybe involve yourself a little bit don't put the hands in the lap and wait for things to happen for you because they might not go the way you thought they will go but simply because we did what we thought is right but we the communication wasn't there so the more you are involved I think the better it is and you deserve that as well from your professional Uh, this has been great advice here Bettina thanks so much for being on the Women's Wealth Canada podcast (laughs) it was my pleasure thank you Glory for having me After your investment assets have been fairly divided through divorce by working with a professional such as Bettina, you will want to have your own wealth advisor going forward. It's likely that you and your spouse shared an advisor while you were married, but most wealth advisors will continue to work with only one of the partners, not both, as it can become uncomfortable for everyone and sometimes a conflict of interest for the advisor. If you're in the middle of planning for a separation or have already divorced and are looking for a wealth advisor who has your interests at heart, please reach out to me. Are you going through a life transition and need to find a wealth advisor to manage your investments? You don't have to feel intimidated wondering how to find the right one. Grab my free guide, 12 Smart Questions to Ask When Interviewing a Wealth Advisor. This guide gives you all the questions and why you should ask them. Just go to glorygray.com, pop in your email address, and we'll send it right to your inbox. That's all for today. If this podcast helped you, please subscribe and tell others about it so we can help them too. Until next time, this is Glory Gray, your personal trainer for financial fitness, telling you to take charge of your finances, plan for the future, But most of all, enjoy today and bye for now. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Mutual funds offered through Portfolio Strategies Corporation. Other products and services provided through Glory Gray Wealth Solutions.